Beans, if you walked into Walmart and like flying scissor kicked some old dude in the face, are you going to say, it's not my fault he was standing there? Or are you going... I don't think... The Flyover State Sports Show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Everybody and welcome to the Flyover State Sports Show. I am your host, less drunk and not drunk, Sam Long tonight. And here are my counterparts. We have Mr. Gavin Alexander in your top left, or top right, my right. And Mr. Caleb Bean Jubal in the bottom, my right, your left. I don't know how they I don't know how they watch. I think it's different for everybody else because you are on my bottom left. Gavin's on well, my right. I have well, the big beans, screen, assholes. Beans, I always love being on bottom, I tell you what. What a way to, you know, speaking, that's a good transition, because we're going to talk about a horny bastard, and that's Ime Yudoka. We're just going to lead off with that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yep, we're just going to lead off with that. We're going to pull no punches. Ime Yudoka is suspended for the entirety of the season. For those of you who don't know, he was the Boston Celtics head basketball coach all of last season, led them to the finals. We even talked about the Celtics. That's how desperate we were for content back in the day. But he had some relations with a staffer, possibly a VP's, you know, wife. Who knows? There's a bunch of rumors out there that he may or may not have impregnated some people, may or may not have been sleeping with players. There's a bunch of rumors out there. But all I know is that man was horny as fuck. And now he's suspended an entire season. Gavin, you have a question. So this is the first time in my life that I've genuinely cared about an NBA story. But so I, I have two que- series of questions. The first one is, so there was multiple females, right? We don't know that. They Oh. Th- so this is the crazy part about the story. So basically what happened was on whatever night before the story broke, this was like last week on like uh, when it was like Wednesday after we filmed or like Thursday or something. Woj basically dropped something like the Celtics might suspend Ime Udoka for the entire season. And it's like, what the fuck? And so like, he didn't say anything about what it was. So everyone's left to speculate like, holy shit, what the fuck did he do? And then like, Shams later the next day. So for those of you who don't know, Woj is the ESPN like basketball insider. Shams is the athletic basketball insider. The two biggest basketball insiders in the world in terms of like scoop knowledge. Can't snap. There it was. (laughs) There it was. One more time. There you go. Anyways. So Shams is like, yeah, bro, he had like a consensual like affair with a Celtic staffer. And everyone was like, well, what the fuck? Like, why is he getting suspended for that? And then like he got suspended for the whole year and everyone's like trying to connect dots where it's like, wait a minute. This dude definitely banged 
Like this dude definitely had banged some like person within the organization, some staffer within the organization. And they said it started as consensual. And basically, like, there's a couple of different avenues. It's like either he used his power within the organization to coerce, either he like, you know, had an affair with the wrong Celtic staffer based off of, you know who it was, whose wife it was, or girlfriend or whatever. Or he did some other weird shit that, like, was not good. Well, if we want to think critically about this, like, you probably get a certain number of games more tacked on for, like, the level up in the organization's wife you fuck. <laughs> so, like, yeah, a season so. has got to be multiple levels above, like, just your boss. Like, you're fucking there, your boss's boss's boss at this point. There was a rumor. And, like, again, these are rumors. This is just what I read on Twitter. But there was, like, a the, the two big rumors I saw were that he had a relationship with like the VP's wife or something. Yeah, that that seems like which, a, uh, just which would be nuts. By the way, he's also married to um. Oh, fuck! What's her What's her name? You guys might not know her. I know she's Former like. Wife. Go ahead and ask your question, Beans. Yeah, what's up, Beans? Who he's married to? Is he suspended for a year, or is he fired and just not yeah. able to coach for a year? No, so he is suspended for the year, and the rumor is is that they're going to fire him, like, after the year, like, after, like, kind of... Why wouldn't you fire him now? Wouldn't that save you he, money? He, uh, I don't know. I think the explanation for that is, like, they don't know if they can bring him back based on what he did, if that makes sense. So, so, they wanna the, retain, so they want to retain him, but I, they can't. Well, he led him to the final with Beans, so... I I also think... I think there's some other stuff where it's like, if they fire him before they have all their ducks in a row, like, there could be some stuff that comes out that's not super flattering. Gotcha. Um, If you fire... Like, pretty much Keep if you fire the so coach there's there... A, so it's an investigation. Well, no. So they'd already done like a months long investigation to like, to like suspend him. So now, like Gavin said, now it's probably like damage control getting stuff in because this eventually what happens will come out in some form or fashion. Right. But like, I, I, I don't know why you suspend him and don't fire him. I'm well, not like, entirely for sure, but that makes sense with it being the VP and not the president, because like just getting fired is obviously like the top, like that's the hottest wife you could fuck, which would presumably be the president. So like a year suspension has got to be a rung down, which would track with the VP. Now we figured it out. Like well, this his, is how it works. His, what I would assume will probably end up being ex-wife, is uh, it's either Nia or not allegedly. Well, it's no, Nia Long. I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know if her name's pronounced Nia or Naya. I'm gonna go with Naya. Naya Long. She. Uh, well, that's our NBA talk for the year. Wow. <laughs> oh, she was starred in uh, Boys in the Hood. Who? His his wife. Uh, Naya Long. Nope. I'm trying nope. to see what else she's in. She's nope. fairly famous. No, uh, clearly she, not. She was in Friday. 
She's in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. What's she playing in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? The new one or the old one? The old one. The new one? Nope, nope. We're not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> right. Um, well, now I got to know what she was, what she was in. Okay. Well, all right. I'll leave yeah. us on to Albert Pujols here for a second. Um, Albert Pujols had his seventh, six ninety nine and seven hundred. That is, you know, a really good accomplishment for a baseball player. That's all I can say about that. What pissed me off was that it was on Apple TV and it was couldn't see it anywhere other than Apple TV. Like, go fuck yourself, NBA. I, I mean, that's what tw- that's what social media is for. Because like, I don't follow. Major League Baseball at all, but I knew that he did it because it would have been exists. It would have been cool to have watched like on TV it live. Yeah, because it's like once I in actually, a lifetime. What was funny is I actually saw a tweet before like he did it before he even hit the first one. Yeah, and it was like I can't believe Albert Pujols is going to hit two home runs tonight against the Dodgers. And no one will see it because that's on Apple TV. Exactly. And it happened that way, and it was like, oh shit. You think so, the MLB would be smart enough to like put it on television for everybody no. to see? It costs money. Yeah, well, they have to put the Yankees on or some bullshit like that. I think they are that night. Yeah. Because Aaron Judge is fa- is chasing a fake record. He's chasing <laughs> yeah. the American League like home run record, which isn't a record. That's just it's like, oh, like, if you did this in the National League, no one would give a shit. Like, it's fucking stupid. I wonder how the only much reason person... they give a shit about that is because uh, he's a Yankee and Roger Maris was a Yankee. Like, I wonder. I wonder what that person got for catching that 700th home run. I want. Did the one dude who catches all the balls catch that one, or was it like just a normal person? If it was a normal person, like, I, I'd be one of those fans. Like, no, nah, I this is a great moment. Like let Albert have it. And hopefully he's like cool enough to be like, nah, I, w- I want to get, no, this guy, like, dude, but you off, dude. Okay. You can negotiate that, that stuff. I dude. Yeah. I know you can negotiate that stuff. I would just want to like give it to him in person. Like that's all I'd want. Yeah. Like I, can I just, can I just meet him and like hand it to him? And they'd be like, no, <laughs> my, my like home run ball, like important home run ball request is literally just to get a like ball from the game. I'd ask them, like, can I hang out with him on a Sunday? And they'd be like, go. No. No, get out of here. They no, tell me to leave. I, I wouldn't even need, like, Albert to sign it. It would literally just be like, oh, like, I'll give you this ball that, like, means infinitesimally more, like, exponentially more than, like, this other ball that, like, was in the game. Like, that's all it wants, like, a game ball or something. Yeah. Um, well, by the enough. way, Nia Long played Will Smith's girlfriend in season five of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Huh. Interesting. Gavin, have you seen Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Now she's playing ex-wife, so we'll see how she (laughs) spells that role. I, again, (laughs) that dude, Ime, horny as fuck, which is hilarious because, like, the previous, like, day or two, Doc Rivers was getting dragged for being horny because, like, all of his likes on his Twitter profile were, like, of porn accounts. The NBA is just a horny league, man. Dude, like you get stories about uh like, like Will Lou Chamberlain. Williams. Will no, Chamberlain. do you remember? You remember during the bubble, Lou Williams like snuck out of the bubble. Oh yeah. To go, yeah. I didn't hear that story. He had to go. He was going to something legit. I think it might have even been like a funeral. Yeah. But then he went to like a strip club that serves really good wings, apparently. 
And he was like, oh, she's going to get wings. And it's like, no, you weren't. <laughs> like, let's, no. <laughs> and then, like, James Harden and Kawhi Leonard have been, co- you remember that video of Kawhi Leonard? He's just, like, rocking fucking, like, New Balance shoes in a strip club. That video is a classic if you guys haven't seen that one. No. No. But uh, uh, to keep us moving along here, since <laughs> we're talking just about the stand whole... NBA talk, he, he is just. Let's talk about legit sports. Yeah, guys. since Come we're on. talking about uh, being horny, let's talk about uh, the Dolphins who got their ass slapped by a football and more importantly won the <laughs> game. Bop, pump, baby. Okay. Oh my God. Real talk. When I saw that live, I honestly thought that Thomas Morstead kicked it backwards. That I've heard so that was I've heard that so many places and it's what it looked like. Like no, I watched I the literally replay. thought and I didn't even see it hit the I think it's because it was like there was so much white everywhere that I couldn't demark markate it. But like when I first saw it, even on like the first replay, I was like, Oh my god, Thomas Morstead actually just kicked this backwards. Like that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then like you just were like, Oh, the PP got like Kicked to the fucking ass. The, this is the reason, like, we are so far in technology, like, beyond needing photographers. But this is the reason that we still have photographers that are, like, aimlessly running around stadiums searching for that one time that they can get a picture with the ball so far up. Uh, whoever the <laughs> fuck's ass that you out. can't even see I don't see even it. know who that dude was. Uh, it was Trent Shurfield. Yeah. Um, no shit. Yeah, I think I so. Al- I almost wish the Dolphins would have lost because that would if it, they would have lost because of that. Oh my god. The thing is, is like like the butt fumble for the Jets, like they lost the game, and that's just like the cherry on top of the shit Sunday. Like if the Dolphins would have never let it let it live down. The Dolphins would have never lived it down if they lost because their punter kicked it into the ass of their personal protector. Yeah. Who's at fault there? Was it the punter or the protector's fault? My thing is, like, why not do a rollout punt? Roll out to the right. Because Thomas Morstead is old, bro. Beans, if you walked into Walmart and, like, flying scissor kicked some old dude in the face, are you going to say, it's not my fault he was standing there? (laughs) Or are you going... I don't think that's a rational defense. So I blame the punter here. Pat McAfee said it was the personal protector's fault because he backed up instead of going forward. Oh, okay. So, so I'm inclined. Pat McAfee is a very biased source for, yes. like, this the, particular The kicking thing. culture, yeah. Well, I mean, the but, punter doesn't have an option to go backwards there. He's not Jimmy G. So Okay, here's, here's the thing. I've seen punters punt from that spot. Like, I'm not going to say no problem because a lot of the time it's a bad punt. But I've seen plenty of punters punt from like that area, and I've never seen a dude kick it into their pe- personal protector's ass. Right, he literally so personal like, protector, huh? Yep. Personal protections. Personal protection. PP. But um, <laughs> to stay on that game, we we got a basically that game. I didn't watch any of it because the Chiefs were playing, except for when I literally zoomed in to Thomas. The game, like uh. NBC or CBS or whoever literally dropped me in, and the first thing I saw was Thomas Morehead, Morstead kick his personal protector in the ass. That was, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. first thing I saw. And too. really, you only needed to see the last, like, you know, minute and a half of that game because yeah. you then got to see Josh Allen fold under pressure, Isaiah McKenzie sell out under pressure, and Ken Dorsey go ape shit. So, oh, that was so hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I just like to say on that last throw from Josh Allen, like, and this is nothing against Josh Allen, but we absolutely 
like make the top end quarter we blow up how good the top end quarterbacks are and if you're not a top end quarterback we tear you down more than you probably should be we just expand that gap so fucking much if Tua would have made that throw at the end of the game that Josh Allen did to lose we yeah. would it would it would be headlining every show still today and it's Wednesday like I Josh Tua Allen is great he's down. gonna have a great season the Bills are great but um and great for the Dolphins. This is what they're undefeated now. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but good for Tyreek. I mean, he's a massive part of that offense. He's been a big part of Tua taking a step forward. We we can't we can't talk about Tua though and not acknowledge the fact that he had a concussion and was slipped back into that game. God, this game was loaded with. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't think we're podcast on just this game. Yeah, but I I didn't see the video because like I like left after the Chiefs game and like I didn't see the video or anything, and I get home, and everyone's like I can't believe they let Tua back in the game, and I finally get around to watching the video. You know he gets hit, and I see the head like hit the back, on the uh, field. I'm like oh yeah that was pretty bad. I see him get up and like sh- shake his head and I'm like mm, yeah that's probably a concussion. That's probably what. Think- People are thinking, it's like, oh, my God, because he just falls down like a fucking drunk college girl or something like that. Beans, I'm legitimately curious because you were a former coach, and I'm guessing you guys have some sort of concussion protocol. But, like, I've heard stories of, like, NFL players that, like, will easily pass the uh, concussion protocol because it's just, like, retarded questions that you can get. But then they'll, like, try to drive home after the game and not know how to get home because they're – Fucking concussed. So what? Walk walk me through this, Beans. Yeah. What couple, what is the protocol? There's a couple of things here. I don't know how the NFL does it because they're on like ape shit compared to what I'm used to. I'm used to like pennies compared to this. But you know, before the protocol, like you have like a baseline score of what your average. And you're talking about ex Division One football players taking a test here. What do you expect? Pretty low baseline. <laughs> so. If they, you know, take his score and let's say just for hypothetical, just throw a number out. Let's say they score an eight out of 15, whatever. Okay. You get a concussion, you take that same baseline test. And if you score like a number, like let's say four, and that's below your threshold, that you're in concussion protocol now. Now you got to go through the process of recovery. You can't do helmets. You can't go back into activities and stuff like that. If you're same score, then you're good. If you go above, that means you're fine. You're, they might move your baseline up. NFL might be a little different. My thing is, like, NFL has gone above and beyond on concussion protocols and safety, like, and the helmets are crazy nowadays. Like, if he's wobbling after that and you said he's good to go, I don't think he was because – well. I, I, don't, don't I don't believe that for one second. No, I don't see what the big deal is because it was obviously a back injury like they reported. You could see it when he grabbed his back after he was hit. So uh. <laughs> I here's the thing is like I could you're going to have to tell me this beans because, you know, you probably know about this a little bit more. Is it possible? I, I don't remember what the equilibrium is in the back of your head. I can't remember the like name of that. Mm-hmm. I, that was forever and a day ago in AP psych when I learned that, but is it possible to like hit that and not receive a concussion? So the concussion isn't from like, it's from your brain rattling around. Yeah. So, no, 
it's from if, your brain like hitting your skull and getting yeah and so if you hit like something so let's say he hit he jarred his head back it's not from his head moving back the brain is actually recalling and bouncing back forward and right. that's where so it's from hitting the front of his head like the yeah. brain is recalling back and hitting the front of his head that's where most concussions happen is towards yeah. the front so is and it so, possible is it possible that he hit it hard enough to like have the back hit it and then like not hit the front could have yeah i mean he could have my thing is that's, like that's what i'm wondering because like i i know the whole like because your balance is like in the back isn't it yeah yeah so that's and what i'm wondering is I'm if, wondering if he would have like messed something up for a split second and gets up like if you get up too fast you lose your sense of balance and where you're at and stuff so if he hit his head really hard gets back up too quick an average person <clears> would have <throat> fallen there like he probably was and and I think I'm it's entirely happened. Yeah, I think it's entirely possible as well that like some dude gets rocked, regardless of like it being a head injury. You get fucking rocked and like you grab your head because you're like, holy shit, I just got rocked. You stand up and like don't have your balance, or whatever. I think it's possible that like that can happen without necessarily a concussion. Cause I I, I truly think that a concussion is just like a broad term that the medical field throws at something that they don't fully understand because you can't mm -hmm. test a person's intelligence on the fly like that for being honest and get a like no like score your your sideline about your sideline test is balance sense of like moving your eyes with it's the a finger. sobriety test it, pretty much it's yeah. a sobriety test is what you could call it and so I don't know how much they paid their doctor to say get him back in the game, but they I'm sure he got a good paycheck that game. Well, and like the thing with concussions too is is like from what I've heard, like you can suffer like a really like small concussion that doesn't actually like affect you like in the moment. It's like very minor, but like mm -hmm. and you would pass like all the tests and everything, but like you still have a concussion still. It's just not like a bad it's not like a bad concussion. It's, it's like, like it's like you're fighting like somebody and you're going nine rounds, you know, like it's, you know, throwing a couple punches here, a couple rib punches there, a couple jabs here, jabs there. Yeah, and it all over time up. and that longevity of those nine rounds, it's wearing you down and beating you down and finally at that ninth round in the last second like you just Yeah. And so like in the moment, it's almost comparable to like I don't want to use this example because this might like upset some people, but it's kind of like, Oh, we're way past the upsetting. people. I know. Part. It, it, it's almost like a tumor in that case where like a lot of tumors can be like benign, but like mm -hmm. if, if you, if I go out and like talk to one of my friends, but one of you guys, I'm like, I got a tumor. Like you guys are instantly going to be like, Oh shit. Like you have like a malignant tumor, like a form of cancer. And it could just be like, oh, no, I just got to get, like, it scraped out of, like, my arm or something like yeah. that. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, you just need a simple, there, like. There are certain severities. You're just going to a dermatologist in two weeks then. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, like, I think that's kind of the thing with concussions is, like, people will be, like, like, you say, oh, I got a concussion. And people are like, oh, my God, like, you, like, suffered a major brain injury. It's like, well, you know. No, it's and, minor. Like, take like, a day off. Minor. Take a couple. Well, I mean, you some are people correct. A lot of minor hits back to back is going to cause a lot of damage. I yes. just I just don't really trust it from the like standpoint too of I can't I can't form an opinion on something where I don't trust the science behind it like cuz I don't think we have a good way to prove 
whether a person is actually generally concussed. So and yeah, the, the helmet problem. That, go ahead, Beans. So the helmet that Tua wears, like it's like rated as one of the safest helmets, which I find to be BS in my opinion, because that helmet, like it's heavy. Like you have to have solid neck strength. So when he throws his head back, like there's equally the same amount of force coming it's forward because of how mass. heavy it, it's a bucket. Mm-hmm. There's other helmets like the Vice's helmet. I love the Vice's helmet personally because it's literally like a pillow. It's it's a cool helmet. And then you got like uh, what Tyreek wears, the F7, which is like tectonic plates that move to the hit. Like there's technology for helmets nowadays through the roof. You see a lot of players wearing the speed flexes. I personally don't like them, but they're the most common helmets because they're the cheapest helmets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. My, I was just going to say my point with that is we have all of that technology and we've developed everything as prevention. And then when we think that a guy still has got a concussion, we walk to the sideline and like cavemen ask them, where do you live? <laughs> what where are you at? for lunch? Where are you at? What and then the doctor opens up his book because doctors don't know shit. They just open up a book and say, well, these are the symptoms and this is what I he did know, after Jim. it. So I follow the flow chart and bingo, no concussion. All right, you're I good. Think- I'm going to leave you guys with this. When I was rewatching Blue Mountain State, there's an episode where Thad gets a concussion during practice before like a really big game. And they do, and they're doing like the concussion test, like the, uh, you know, you got like 20 questions. And Thad's baseline is like fucking one or two or something <laughs> like that. And you can't get it. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. See, that's what that's what the funny thing is. Like, if you purposely mess up that baseline, like you're you're golden. Like you can play the rest of the season. What percentage of NFL athletes do you think fuck up that baseline? Like, not like not gonna zero out of twenty because like that's ridiculous. But like, miss easy questions that they kind of know. But so I think in the NFL, I take they I think they take three different like forms of tests. So like. If you like purposely mess up one, like the other two, like could be very difficult to mess up. Um, like they're purposefully, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't they, know. I, they're, I, they're I just know in high school on. they asked you 20 questions and I'm pretty sure I got like all 20 of them right. So if I ever got, yeah, if mi- you ever, if I ever got like a minor concussion, I was pretty much going to probably be done. That, that was my freshman year of college. I, uh, I did pretty good on my baseline score and then I got like a pretty bad concussion. And it took me forever to get back because I couldn't pass my baseline. And they're like, well, we might have to redo your baseline. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> they were like, your baseline. Yeah, they were like, you, your baseline. You were really smart till you got hit. Now you're a dumbass. So we got to move <laughs> what we expect from you. They were you literally like, your baseline. questions the first time. I was guessing, <laughs> goddammit. Beans came here as an engineer and he left as a janitor. So <laughs> You know what? That's what they should do in like lower levels. Like you need to specify that you're absolutely guessing on like a baseline test. <laughs> that way they only give you like half of a point if you get it right. Yeah, my I, athletic the athletic trainer is literally looking at me and is like, you dude, you're just gonna have to retake this. I I want a multiple choice test. So there's like at least that chance just on variance that you just like blow away your baseline on guessing and just like fucking knock it out of the park. Did you know that there's been, like, a kid who's an absolute fucking dumbass who, like, would normally get, like, a, like, 6 out of 20 that accidentally got, like, a 14 out of 20 just by guessing? And they, like, never got to play a whole season of, like, high school football because they got a concussion, like, in game two. Okay. That was Wes Wes Welker. 
We we got to move on here. So since we're talking about concussions, do we want to move on to Russell Wilson? Uh, he plays like he he's a concussion. <laughs> oh. oh man, dude, that is this is one of the worst marriages I've ever seen. It's like a marriage story, but in real life. God, they have to wait till he's forty to get a divorce. The, well, I'm talking about him and Nathaniel Hackett. That, dude. That's oh, what I was gonna too. say. Like. Oh. As, as easy as it is to come on here and just talk shit on Russ because I thought he was overrated to begin with, like there everything isn't working. So I don't know what to blame except there, their defense. There, their defense is playing well. I'm I'm sitting here right now and saying like I'm going to just say this, and I'm gonna put this the nicest way possible. That team is literally offensively the exact same team as last year, damn near. I don't know yeah. if they changed anything on the offensive line per se, but that team on offense is damn near the same. And Vic Fangio and his staff had that team playing 500 football and playing not completely garbage offense with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. And suddenly Russell Wilson comes into this offense with a guy who like coached Aaron Rodgers. And they're worse. So I don't. I, yeah, you bring up a good thing with the Vic Vangio thing. There was no reason for him to be fired. Like he literally never had quarterback help to win. I would say there was reason, that. but like the quarterback argument with him was just like it's one of those things where you just. Would you rather have Vic or Nathaniel? Um. Okay. Vic. I would obviously, this moment in time, would rather have Vic Fangio, obviously. I think Nathaniel Hackett has looked awful through three games. His game management skills has... They hired some dude to, uh, do, a game, to do his game management, and they still fuck shit up. And, and so that part of it tells me, uh, like, a lot of that is on Russell Wilson, under, not maybe not understanding the playbook, but, like, there's just so much visible confusion when they're like going the cl- play clock's winding down and all that. But at the same time with the Vic Fangio thing, like this is a team that like went all in, traded a bunch of shit to go get Russell Wilson. And I, I understand that Nathaniel Hackett was there before because they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. But like at that point, like you just brought in so many variables and don't get me wrong. There was like an upside to every single variable, but, uh, all of those variables essentially hit the complete low end of what we would have expected. I I find it very funny that Nathaniel Hackett is not like I don't want to say not cut out to be head coach. Nathaniel Hackett could actually just suck for eight games, right? The Broncos could go like five hundred ish, and then things might just click out of nowhere, and the Broncos win like six of their last nine games and they end up going like 10 and seven and sneaking into the playoffs. And like, I, I, go ahead. No, go ahead beans. I'm just saying at this current point in time, like looking at looking in a vacuum, like the Seahawks won that trade. Yeah. Well, okay, in a so, vacuum, I would say right now it's looking like that. Now, uh, granted, if Nathaniel Hackett ends up like getting fired after one year and they hire God knows who, and the offense ends up being good. Kaska. Let's say Kafka. Man, I don't do that to me. Bean. I know, but th- th- he's probably the next one up. I'm just saying. He, he is one of the next ones up. But, like, the thing is, 
is like there, there's a lot of time between we got to see the Seahawks pick. We got to see how Russ plays like for the next ever. Because we know the Seahawks are notorious for shitty picking. Oh, my God, dude, you are not wrong about that. The other thing that I think people just aren't talking about either, and I hate to say this because I have them on my dynasty team, Denver's wide receivers might just fucking suck. Cortland Sutton might actually just be okay, and Jerry Judy might actually not be very good. So I, I know that this is what you meant to say when you say that, but, like, they don't suck. They just have every skill position level besides running back playing like a position above where they should be. Like Corlin Sutton yeah. is a really good number two. Jerry Judy's probably a really good number three. And I mean, Tim Patrick, he tore his ACL, so you push up another guy that should have not been well, that's there. That's why Tim Patrick was so good because he is a really good three and he got to play as a three. Right. So that's the thing is everybody just kind of is playing a tier up. That's where I'm saying, like, everything isn't working. I think they're all fine. And Jerry Judy still has, like, maybe some time to develop. But this uh, – look, go ahead, Beans. This offense is a fucking mess. My argument – not sure if it's an argument or not – is I think Russell Wilson's height and age is catching up to him. Because right. there is there is a stat out there. Yeah. Don't, don't quote me here. I saw it. I don't remember where. I should have screenshotted it for this purpose. But I did it. The percentage of passes where a player has more than two, is it three yards of separation in the middle of the field is like over like 60%. The next one is like 45 or something like that. It's an astronomical number to where somebody is open in the middle for Russell Wilson to throw it to. And so I think it's becoming difficult for him to see over the middle because he's too busy you know, either scrambling, looking at his check down, which is his running backs. And I, I think his height's catching up to him at this I, point. I don't think the height's catching up to him. I think that the age and athleticism isn't there like it used to be. And he can no longer rely on the backyard football type stuff. I think that Russell Wilson has developed a like distinct, this is how I play football, like way that like, he, he figured out how to... I, Football works for Russell Wilson that, since though. he's short. That's moonball Russ. That's like hitting the big plays, play essentially exactly the way that Seattle was using him, that everybody just wanted to let's let Russ cook. And as we saw in Seattle and as we're seeing here in Denver, Russell Wilson just doesn't fit that, at least as it looks right now, he doesn't fit that type of offense. He just, because like, as you're saying, he's short, he plays football one way, and that's the Russell Wilson way. And when you lean into that, it's really, really, really good the problem with that is it's just a least efficient, a less efficient way of playing football for the rest of your team. I wonder if I, – I just wonder if that maybe it is like him and Nathaniel Hackett are a bad marriage. That might just be what it is. Yes. I, I don't want to take us away from this, but as we're talking about my current uh, NFL clown show of the week in the Denver Broncos – I believe that uh, myself included in this and just the general American public, no, nobody's outside of criticism, but I believe we all owe Pete Carroll an apology. Because, like, I, I came on here and I've made fun of Russell Wilson for years, but this dude, like, hid this just, like, asshole and just, like, awful football player and Russell Wilson from the world for years to the point where everybody just assumed that he has to be an old senile prick 
because he would rather let Geno Smith cook right now than Russell Wilson. But Geno Smith cooking is currently like just as good as Russell Wilson cooking. So uh, maybe Pete Carroll wasn't as much of a dumbass as people thought. I, I feel like Pete is, I don't think Pete is as good of a coach as he used to. Like I used to think, like a couple years ago, I would have had him top five. Now I definitely still have. I still have him top half for sure. You can't name sixteen better coaches than Pete Carroll. He's not. You might be able to name way. like. You might be able to name like ten. He might be eleven, but like that. That's a you have to go through it. Like I mean, I have like Andy and Bill and you know Sean McVay, obviously. But the wild card is where do you put Kyle Shanahan on that list? Actually, that's the other thing I want to talk about right now. Yeah, I'm not right letting, I am not going to let Kyle Shanahan get away with no slander from that game. We've sat here and laughed at the Broncos and like laughed at Nathaniel Hackett and laughed at Russell Wilson and laughed at Denver just in general. And Kyle Shanahan lost to that team. And Jimmy G ran out of the back of the end zone to lose to that team. And it's like, where is like the hate for San Francisco? It's the same team that made it to the NFC title game last year. So I actually think this isn't my hot take of the week or anything. I just think that this is logic. I actually think we may have already seen the single worst quarterback play of the year. And I like, I mean that like there's a, there's a baseline that you set when you run out the back of the end zone of just like mental retardation. Like you probably go through concussion protocol after that, but on top of that, like throwing he, a pick as six? he was stepping out the back of the end zone through a pick six. And the only reason that the pick six didn't matter is because he stepped out the back of the end zone. Dude, he I'm was saving right himself now. points. No. Yeah. It was literally like, fuck, I've made this decision. I'm committing, but I'm going to step out the back. So we only lose four or five. I guess. I'm going to say this right now. You cannot tell me that Cooper Rush versus Daniel Jones was a worse quarterback in offensive game than Russ versus Jimmy G on Sunday night. That was literally one of the worst games of football I've ever watched. Like, putrid. Yeah. Like, the punting was, like, the most exciting. Like, you know, you realize how bad your game has to be for Scott Hansen to tweet out the punt zone video? Like, dude, all they did was fucking punt all game, and it was bad offense. Russ is getting booed left and right. Every be- night game so far, except for the Chiefs-Chargers game, has just been ugly. Primetime games bad. have been rough. Yes, dude, they've been horrible. Oh, my God. We have to watch Russell Wilson in primetime two more times. Like, dude, no more. Enough. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, okay, here's my opinion. Every game should be scheduled for Sunday. You can, like, schedule out your Thursday. No, you should. You, here, here's what I'm saying. You can schedule out your Thursday game. There's not a whole lot you can do about that. But you schedule out your Thursday game, right? And you And you schedule out all that. And you flex the best game of that week to Monday night or Sunday night. You can schedule your Monday night games and your Thursday night games, right? You can just schedule those, right? Doesn't matter. Like, you have to have the schedule balanced and everything, sure. But every single game should have its normal time slot. And then the week of the game, you just – it's like announcing game day. Yeah. 
on yeah. Sunday. Like the next fucking Tuesday, like after like the first Sunday of games, you're like, all right, like we have fucking Chiefs Chargers and that's the best fucking game. They're Sunday night football. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know why you don't just do that. Like I, I understand you want like big markets and primetime games and everything. Like you'll want the Giants and Cowboys in primetime. Completely understand that. Give that to me on a Thursday night. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Or like a Monday night. I like don't uh, don't subject that to me as like the Sunday night game when there are just better games. <laughs> so um I'll I'll say this, then we we can move on. So we've we've gone along on the quick hitters here, but uh I just Oh God, and I've completely lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. So uh, we're gonna go straight into. We want to go straight on to the uh, KU game. Yeah, let's just go straight yeah. on to the best team in Kansas. Let's keep recaps quick. Let's keep hot takes quick. Jalen Daniels, awesome fucking game. Four passing touchdowns, I believe, and a rushing touchdown. Looking like a Heisman contender. Still early. You don't win Heisman in September. You win them in late October, early November. But looks like a Heisman contender, probably one of the highest gain, definitely the highest gainers throughout the season. KU beats Duke by a score of 35 to 27, I believe, just narrowly missing out on our over, which would have won us a ton of money because the other two legs hit. Guess whose fault that was? Me. <laughs> I want it. You two are two and one on bets, and I'm one and two, and I feel very, very upset about it. Actually, Gavin, you might, no, Gavin, you're not three, no. No. Um, but anyways, KU looked solid. I wouldn't say look great. They, from what I've read, I didn't get to watch the game, but from what I re- read from uh, Jack McGar, one of uh, Katz's friends who covers KU, he live tweets the games out. From what I read, KU made some mistakes. Didn't quite, you know, put some drives together. Had a lot of really big plays. They had that one play from the running back who wears 20 that I can't remember his name, which is embarrassing on my part. It starts with an H. I just can't remember it in the moment. Had that really awesome uh, touch reception run afterwards. Been going crazy. But anyways, KU, good. 4-0, should be ranked. What say you? So I just want to uh, point out a – we'll, we'll talk about this as we transition to K-State too. Um, I want to point out a very funny, like, text message that we got because this game happened before the Oklahoma game, obviously, with uh, our uh, lovely beans on the show sending Sam and I a text that says, I'm officially worried about KU now at this point. And it's like, why are you just now worried about KU? Dude, like, dude is on the show and didn't even know what was going on. That man had a concussion during the show. It was my baseline. This is baseline, yeah. Baseline, his baseline was low because we were saying KU was a problem last week, and apparently Beads missed that memo. No, for real, uh, this team, in terms of like me being a K-State fan – uh, like direct or spots the programs are at, all of that stuff. This team is very, very, very dangerous. The program KU's got a long way to go before you're looking at like perennial Big 12 contender or like a Big 12 contender, anything like that. But you're probably um, looking ne- next year feels like a year where they can finish like top five and actually challenge for that. Right now, it feels <clears> like you're still, it feels like I don't want to say a honeymoon period. That doesn't sound right. 
It like, begins like the beginning it feels phases like this of is like a three and six, four and five, like Big Twelve campaign season. If that makes sense, I don't know. I think I I think, uh, dude, this is so. I don't know. I'm gonna kind of like go into a little storyline here. Like I went to Kansas City this past Saturday, and going to Kansas City at 9 a.m. in the morning and seeing all the traffic flowing to Lawrence, like you've never had to worry about that before until now. And this is the one thing you would never see coming is momentum for KU football. Like if you yeah. would have said that ten, like eight years ago, I'd have been like, Nick, you're, you're right. No, Fuck, like, if I would have told you that like eight months ago. Yeah. Right. Well, that's my, so the two things with like where their program is at, like their stadium doesn't have indoor plumbing. Like they are just not prepared. No air conditioning. Their locker room didn't have air conditioning. Yeah. They're not prepared to be good whatsoever. There's like nothing that, Look at where to put their program and K State's in perspective. Just look at the facilities, right? Like this yes. is where we're starting from, and this is like why I have such an issue with how K State fans react around our program. Because what I had an issue with this weekend, Oklahoma t- uh, win is great. We're gonna do nothing but talk great things about it. But coming on like Twitter and everything afterwards and victory lapping over being one spot above in the rankings, above a team that like should be nowhere close to us in the rankings we didn't think they would be close whatever this is like nothing but KU fans couldn't have give a shit less that they were 26 and we were 26 they're like holy fuck we're we're dealing with nothing but happiness right now I I don't know if that's true I there's definitely a sect of I don't know if they're actually like KU fans or just college fans or whatever but like there's definitely a sect that's like I, I've seen the Twitter arguments, and that might just be like both teams, like football Twitter. I don't, I don't think they're legitimately mad though. Like if they looked at it objectively, not just like. No, I don't think fan. any. I don't think any legitimate K State fan would downplay how good KU's been, and I don't think any legitimate KU fan would have too much of an argument about. The like, yeah, they're gonna bring up Tulane, but like right. at the end, here's the thing: these rankings do not matter because these aren't even the people who rank you to go to the college football playoff. So they don't matter. And the funniest thing about KU is since they're the only undefeated team in the big 12 currently and have a conference win, they are number one in the conference. And because of that, the college, like the bowl projections have to take like the teams, like in the rankings. So right now the sugar bowl is KU versus Alabama, <laughs> which is hilarious because they've held up we want Bama signs forever. And honestly, I would nihilistically, if KU made it to the Sugar Bowl and had to play Bama, like that, like that's just a sicko's matchup for me. It's like I almost want to see it. Like I want to see I want to see I want to like, see like, Bama put up a hundred. I, I want to see if they would just destroy them like as just a sicko. Like it'd be the same thing it, I'm sure, like, KU fans would want to see K-State play Bama and see yeah. them get their ass That's what I was dead. just about to say. Like, I don't think it'd be any different for us. Yeah, but. or, like, even if the KU – and for the KU fans that, like, don't give a shit about K-State and, like, only give a shit about Missouri. Like, I'm sure when Missouri plays Bama, they're just a bunch of sickos. It's like, ah, yeah, well, let's look at Missouri get their fucking ass kicked by Bama. So I was listening to Sports Radio 810 uh, in Kansas City, and they were talking to Lance Leipold, and they brought up a point, like, oh, like going to the grocery store or something, like, are they pretty excited for you? That brought up a thought in my head, like, how, like, much more of a job security does anybody have more than Lance Leipold? Like, if they're good this season, like, 
you know, he's Lawrence's he's hometown hero. If he loses from now on, like, oh, it's KU. Like, what? he's got job security. Like, he's fine. <laughs> the, the only thing I will say is after – if they if they go – it's weird because if they went four and eight at the start of the season and, like, spread out four wins, then, like, it's a great season. I feel like if you lose eight straight and cap it off with a loss to your biggest rival – then that is like I don't want to say it's a disaster, but it's like a wheels fall off moment, right. and that would be bad. Yeah, especially because you've done not like building the culture and like everything we've talked about here is such a big part of this year, and you lose so much of that when you just regress yeah. back to just getting pissed down for eight. Years. I would say, and again, this is like a weird take for KU, like, but just culturally. You have so much momentum right now. And every time you – as soon as KU loses, like, you'll lose all that, like, Reddit stuff where it's like, oh, my God, like, you all right, KU, and, like, all the internet stuff where it's like, oh, look at KU go, and, like, everyone's like, we'll engine the good, blah, 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 blah. Like, as soon as you lose, like, you lose probably about half of that. You'll still have it because it's still KU. They're still going to, like, go win, like, a bunch of games. It'd be like if Rutgers did it, like, three years ago. So with KU having all this success and stuff, they're playing but, Iowa State this weekend. Well, you didn't let me finish, Beans. Oh. I was I was going to say the expectations need to be are like now adjusted to where they gotta get to a bowl game. Because if they yeah. don't make, if they don't make it to a bowl game, then like all that goodwill, all that momentum, all that we're not the old KU stuff, like is gone. Like everyone's I, just like, well, it's the same old KU. I, I don't agree with that. I think that you still take a step forward, especially if they play well the rest of the season and yeah, just, like, you take, lose some games. You take a step forward, but, like, I, Gavin, like, you got to put yourselves in shoes, right? Like, you're 4-0 and you finish 4-8 and or, like, 5-7, and like. I guess that's true. You, it's only you, six you, six wins to a bowl game. Yeah, yeah I guess I like, kind of forgot. If you miss a no. bowl game there, you're going 0-8 or 1-7 the rest of the way. That is going to murder your momentum. Unless, like, the there's only, like, two wins that would – or three wins that would save you in that one-in-seven in like scenario, and it's OU, Texas, and K-State at the end of the year. Yeah. It's for better or for worse, beating K-State after 13 years or 14 years or whatever it is and winning your last game of the season to go in with momentum to the next year is going to be, like, a positive. Like, if the last game of the year was Iowa State and you went 1-7 and seven and beat Iowa State in the last game of the year, Wouldn't like, matter. yes, people care. People don't care, though. Yeah. And with, so with that, and it takes us into Iowa State, I think, like, the best way I can sum it up is it, it feels really weird to say, but, like, K-State's not making a national title with the Tulane loss, and, like, that, that's probably just out the window at this point. I would we say at this point in the, the season – anyways. I, I would say at this point in the season – KU has more to lose this year than K-State does. Yeah. Like, From a national title standpoint, I guess, but. Well, no, I, KU's also probably not making a national title, but, like, K-State just, like, falling apart down the stretch isn't going to happen. K-State just, like, going guns blazing oh, the rest I, of the I, way. Where you want to make that statement that the wheels falling off at the end of the season for K-State will not happen. <laughs> I am giving you one opportunity to redact that statement from the record. Here's my point, though. If that happens for K-State, 
they're not going to just like get on fire and go win a bunch, like a bunch of games, go to a national title. Like they're going to be fine the rest of the year. They're going to win some games, go to a bowl game. Everything's going to be okay. Um, KU, like if they fall apart, if the wheels fall off for KU, that just like, as we're saying, that means a whole lot more for them than it does for us. Even if our wheels fall off, like everybody's going to come back next season and everything's going to be fine. You lose everything that you've built at this point if you're KU. And it feels it feels really weird to like say that KU has more to lose at this point in the season than K-State. So what is everybody's score prediction for this Iowa okay. State matchup? I need I the time of this game is going to determine what I think. If this is a night game at Jack Trice, Iowa State will win. But I don't know. It is a 2:30 in the afternoon game. Oh, that's a I do not love that for Iowa State. I I feel like, in my opinion, to get up for games and, like, the best crowds, the the 2.30 slot is for all the crowds who are just there to watch the game, in my opinion. The, at least, like, student-wise. The night game is where everyone goes to get hype. The morning game is for the fucking sickos who are there to fucking, like, go. You know what I mean? But, like, the 2.30 game, the 2.30 game, you wake up, like, at 9 o'clock. You mosey on over to a tailgate. Or maybe not 9. You wake up at, like, 10. Or not 10. 8. You wake up at 8. You get dressed. You mosey to a tailgate. You have some drinks. You go into the stadium around 1-ish. You know, blah, 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 blah. Like, the morning games, you know, you got your grinders. You got people who love football. That's people who are waking up at 6. Like, they're jacking up. They're jacking down some fucking brews. They're yeah. eating some fucking wings at, like, 8 in the goddamn morning. They're drunk as shit. They're ready to be belligerent, like, the start of the day. So, I genuinely think that KU playing the 2.30 time slot is the best possible scenario. I believe KU is about a three-point dog. So I'm going to take KU, let's go 28-27. So KU edges it out slightly. If that was a night game, Iowa mm-hmm. State would win by like a touchdown. But I think due to I think due to uh, just the time of the day, Iowa State's not going to get up for it. I'm going 31-21 KU up in Iowa, Ames. Ames, Lames, Iowa. I almost went to Iowa State. That was my second college of choice. Wow. That was the right choice. Um, I'm going to – oh, man. I don't know. This Big is like, Iowa State means be a fucking hater. This is the game Dude, where it's, like, hard to pick because, like, Matt Campbell's a great coach, but you Matt are – Matt Campbell is absolutely, a great coach, but Lance Leifold is a great coach too. But you are a 1,000% correct Oh man, 30 slot. You I can't a, wait for the Matt Campbell phase of Lance Leipold. <laughs> I, That'd be nice. The little malaise man. of like he brought in all of his guys and they were good for four years and now they're just kind of like above average. Now they're like seven and five. Man, They've always I, been seven and five. That's what I mean. <laughs> I'm gonna give KU. We've the also win always here. been seven and five for the last decade. So yeah. <laughs> Go, sorry, Beans. Go ahead. Yeah, we completely gonna, talked over you. No, that's fine. I'm going to give KU the win here, but 35-34, that's like that buffer where, like, if Iowa State wins by a slight margin, then that's fine. It's like, whatever. Like, I was yeah. kind of right. Yeah, that's my yeah. 28-27 prediction. Yeah, so, like, I, I rate Iowa State's 
Iowa State will be the best team they played all season, in my yes. opinion. This will be their – This everyone thought the Duke matchup was going to be good. I disagreed with that. No. This is the true matchup right here. Here's I my opinion. Like, here's my God's honest opinion. Everyone that – everything I've seen, everyone's like, KU has played the best schedule up to this point, and that might be true. But I – Tennessee Tech fucking sucks. I don't think West Virginia is good. Personally, I don't think they're that good. I personally think Houston is pretty mid, like all things considered. Well, you don't we'll know about more about Houston and Tulane because they fucking play this week. I mean, if Tulane ends up, uh, up beating Houston, then like I guess our, I mean that loss for K State already looks bad because Tulane lost to freaking Southern Miss. But Tulane Houston is like if Houston Tulane beats versus Houston, Tulane. a great transitive property game. So I guess if Houston beats Tulane, then KU's like two up. Then I guess it'd be KU, Houston, Tulane, K-State. So, uh, uh, you know, that's how football works is, you know, it goes in a circle usually. So that means K-State will be KU. So, yeah. So speaking of the KSU game, Gavin, be happy. Okay. We're going to talk about OU now? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that man died when I mentioned that too, when I mentioned Tulane. Literally put his <laughs> hands in face. By the way, you're barred from sitting with me for the rest of the season, Gavin, after that game. I, okay. I got to get it out. We can't, like, I was so happy after we beat OU. Everything is great. And there's just, like, that, like, fucking, as we talked about earlier, there's that thing in the back of your head that just, like, tells you that, like, it really doesn't matter because all we did was just trade losing to Tulane and losing to Oklahoma. Like, what should have happened? We just flipped the script. And we can't keep looking ahead and – Having Oklahoma be our Super Bowl, we can't do this. I'm glad we can beat Oklahoma. It's great. It's not going to help us get better as a program to just, like, delete the week before Oklahoma for the re- next decade. I Go ahead, Well, sir. good thing we don't have to do that because they're leaving. Um, one of the best tweets I saw was – it was a picture of Chris Kleiman. And it was, like, a four-part one. And it, like, faded out to a picture of Ron Prince or whatever. <laughs> and, like – it was it was like a it was a K State versus it was like KSU versus like Oklahoma at the bottom and that faded out to K State versus Texas. Yeah. I was like, this dude really is just like slightly better Ron Prince, except he's beating OU and not Texas. And it was like yeah. I, <laughs> I I fucking guess. Well um I'm surprised that your um that your concern in the back of your head is that Adrian Martinez is probably never going to play that well again. And I think a lot of people are just going to assume that Adrian Martinez is going to play that well again. That, that second part there, I agree with the like Fairweather fan that like just tuned in and is posting the picture, like all over the place of Adrian Martinez bowing, like he's some fucking God and everything's just great. Great picture. Adrian, you played an incredible game. Um, I think that there's some people on this podcast that need to apologize to Colin Klein because I will not we just apologize. Opened for up any the of offense. We played. We played to everyone's strengths. It's amazing what happens when you run an offense that only plays to your offense's strengths, and you just like can't be stopped. Kind of like we just said that you should. Like you said, we made fun of last week, Sam. It's like we're trying to make Adrian be a pocket passer, and then we just went away cool. from that, and it was like holy shit. The offense functions now. We get him out of it, the pocket. We use him throwing on the run. We use him as an athlete. It opens everything else up. It was incredible. And we but went two for two on fourth down. Yeah, and guess what those were? 
Quarterback sneak. sneak and quarterback yeah. run. We learned. We yeah, did it. We did we should it. apologize I to Colin Klein. I just want to say this, right? I th- There's a couple of things. I'm not going to rant and rave about it, but I just want to bullet point this. One, I am not going to apologize to Colin Klein for completely boning us in the fucking two-lane game. Well, I'm they not didn't know apologize. we could run QB sneak. And I'm not going to apologize to Adrian Martinez because he played one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback on my team play against Tulane. I will not apologize for calling them out after those performances. I will apologize to Senate. Yeah. Just keep going, Sam. <laughs> Whatever. Just leave Senate out. Whatever. Um, I won't apologize for those. Did they prove me wrong against Oklahoma? Absolutely. That is an eat crow game. I tell you what, if I I will apologize for every game that they make me look like an idiot. I will come on here every Wednesday and if they make me look like a fucking fool. After that, I will continue to apologize and I'll do that forever in time. But I will never apologize for the initial rant because I was correct and we changed the way that we played. Yes. And we won against OU. So that's one. Two, I do have to say. And this is what I will say nicely about Adrian Martinez and to a lesser extent, Colin Klein. This is really more about Adrian Martinez. That dude got booed off the field, basically, against Tulane. Colin Klein basically got booed and like whatever on probably Twitter and everything like that. But Adrian Martinez is probably 23, 24. He's about our age, maybe a little bit younger. Yeah. Who transferred into K-State mainly because his girlfriend's here and, like, you know, I'm sure Cade Warner put in a good word and, like, whatever. But he's not, like, a guy who's been here the whole time. Adrian Martinez got booed off by a bunch of fans that he doesn't know and hasn't played for and has only played up to that point three games for. He's used to that, though. Still. yeah. In, no, in Nebraska. An college, in, a, in an era of college football, where it is very easy to just say, "I'm done," or like, "I like it's my last year." Like, I know it's my last year, but like, I don't want to like. It, it's very easy to turtle shell. It's very easy to leave. Maybe not for him because he's a senior, but it's very easy to basically just quit, right? Yeah. Yep. And Adrian didn't quit. Adrian said, fuck you, and he played the best game of his career. So I respect the fuck out of Adrian Martinez for doing that. I just want him to do it the rest of the year. I would enjoy him to do that the rest of the year. I don't need him to do that for the rest of the year for me to know what kind of man he is, though. I I agree with that. I I hadn't considered the personal side of that. That's a very, very, very good point. I will say this. On... The podcast. We said some stuff last week about like business decision kind of sh- stuff, and we've talked about like we've talked about him like coming here for his girlfriend and all that crap. And I even mentioned it like a minute ago. I'm not gonna do any of that for the rest of the time. Will I criticize his play and any decisions he makes on field? Absolutely. But for the rest of his time at K State. I respect the hell out of the person that Adrian Martinez is for shutting a bunch of fucking loud mouths like us up and 
going out there and playing the hell out of that game and showing us what a real, like, what a real guy does, like what a real person does when faced with that kind of hatred and adversity. Like he he fucking showed us. Yes. So I think he listened to our podcast and that instilled the emotions of playing that well. I, I would like to hope and dream that. I'm sure he has no idea who we are, but you know, I'm I'm just saying stuff that ends up getting posted on the internet, and maybe someday someone will randomly come across this, and like you know, I hope that they look up who Adrian Martinez is and realize that he's a like he he's got that dog in him, like for real. So, um, I guess in terms of season long outlook, like what this game means for K State and all of that, and where I I I walk that. I agree with you 100% and walk it back just a little bit because our coaching staff coached the fuck out of that game as well. Everything yeah. clicked in that game. Like, yes. I, I really the, the two first game, drive was scripted. The first drive. The, the first two drives were kind of scripted. Yeah. The the two lane game was just a perfect storm of everything except the defense not functioning and the they the defense still functioned because the defense is great, but like everything else functioned in the OU game. So like I, in the same way that it was a group effort for Adrian to play as bad as he did last week, it was also a group effort for Adrian to play as good as he did this week. A lot of that going on the coaching staff. I don't think our coaching staff is going to coach the fuck out of the rest of the season because they don't do that every single season. We see this every year. Um, Again, I hope that they prove me wrong. We're probably not going to see K-State play that well the rest of the season. I know. I hope that we do. Um, I will say, and I actually have to quote Jacob Land on this. Um, he brought up a very good point just for like the difference, a difference between Colin Cl- or uh, sorry, Chris Kleiman and Coach Schneider that I haven't given enough credit to. With Coach Schneider, it felt like when you went into a big game, you were nervous. You're just like, I don't feel like we can win this game. Like, I I just don't feel like we can get up for this game. Maybe we don't have the, like, floor-bottoming out games that we do with Chris Kleiman. But when, when like, Kleiman decides, like, this is the game, sure, we're just going to, like, quit the week before and we're not going to, like, do anything to prepare and we're just, like, going to forget about it. Everything's going to be shitty. But that one game everybody is going to play their fucking ass off. We're going to coach our asses off. And I, I don't think that's something I could have said with Snyder. Like I, I, I think that that, I think we see this a lot more consistently as far as hitting our ceiling with Chris Kleiman. I also think that we unfortunately hit our floor as a program a lot more with Chris. I, uh, so to that, I uh, cannot agree. I am nervous for, pretty much any big game that k-state plays sure i am ready for them to break my heart at every turn even though i let myself get very invested in the season after one win against an fcs team we're we're still like adrian martinez getting hurt next week and will howard's red shirt getting burnt away from like all of our tears just and like all of our fears just like coming over no I know it's just right there, you know. It's okay, you know, what the, you know what the great like irony would be? Away. We came on here as a podcast, and at the end of the K State segment, we're like, "You should just start Jake Rubley because Adrian Martinez sucks." And then Adrian Martinez like came out, like balled out, and he's gonna get hurt next week, and we're gonna see Rubley for the rest of the season, and he's oh. gonna suck, 
and we're going to be sad because it's irony. I'll be 100% honest. I would much rather, and like not not that I'm cheering for an injury here, I would much rather that happen than we just like waste the rest of the season with a two-yard average depth of target and just like continue what we saw the first three weeks. We, we are, I, I mean, here's the thing, right? And I know that this part is running pretty long. So I want to say this point and then let's move on to the scores. Unless, Beans, you haven't done it. We haven't let you talk. Gavin and I kind of talked nope. the air out of this. So if you have something, like nope. definitely I'm, say I'm it. Here, I'm here for the ride. But we said and have been saying that K-State is going to need to throw the ball downfield. We're not talking like fucking 40-yard bombs or anything. We're talking Ten. like throwing 10 yards downfield, throwing 20 yards downfield, like making those plays. Like we said that that was going to be a requirement for K-State to have a good season. And we saw it against OU for the first time. And so if we're going to be able to do that, and we hit and we hit the majority of those like open looks, we'll be fine. K-State will be absolutely fine. Because we've, we've now seen that it is possible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We don't do that the rest of the year, then we're not going to be fine. And like again, like we, the sky was falling after the Tulane game, but like this team's still good enough, and basically every other like portion besides really just consistent play at quarterback um, and wide receivers and like everything involving a passing attack to like beat the really shitty teams that we have coming up on our schedule. Like I'm not worried about West Virginia. I'm not worried about Tech. Like these teams we're just going to like should be able to beat at our like baseline or like in a bad game we're talking about. And you're talking about Oklahoma state, Baylor, Texas, like KU, the games that like, all right, we're going to have to open up the offense. We're going to have to run with these teams. We're going to have to actually go out there and beat this team rather than just like essentially let them beat themselves and have a higher score at the end of the day than them. All right. Well, on that note that you are not afraid of Texas Tech, um, both K-State and Texas Tech are coming off of basically their now Red River Showdown because they beat Texas and Oklahoma the previous week. So we have the new age Red River Showdown between Texas Tech and Kansas State this week. Both teams coming off big wins. As I said, Gavin, you are unconcerned about Texas Tech. Say it. Prove it. Be a big boss. Pick K-State by 20, by 90, yeah. Cats by 90, right? Yep, uh, 33-14 Cats. There's two missed PATs and a missed field goal in there for the Cats. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I think Tech is playing with a lot of momentum. I think Tech is – I think this game is mostly going to come down to who handles the high better. And – I would never pick K-State to lose to a team that I thought they were better than, if that makes sense, right? So I think that K-State is better than Tech. So I will pick K-State. But K-State has had a tendency under Chris Kleiman to get ranked and then lose the very next game. And this game is also, this game is at 11, which I think is like good for K-State. I think it's whoever handles it's whoever handles the high of getting ranked better. I think this game will be closer than a lot of people think. I think it's a lower scoring game than most people think. 
I think K-State wins like 27 to 24, something around that range. So, Sam, you were going on the path that I wanted to go, but then you yeah. kind of like veered back a little bit. Like You're going to take I Tech want, probably, right? I want K-State to win, but I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. We're you guys have go like the- instantly pissed me off. It's just like <laughs> – Stop talking logically. If Oklahoma costs us two games, you know how pissed I'm going to be? Well, it cost us two games the last couple of years, I'm pretty sure. I, I, no, that's not true. The COVID game no. wasn't. I think yeah. the COVID game was against – the next game was against Tech, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, which we should have lost. So, no, Gavin, that I'm, wasn't the COVID year. When I did, want to – I did Tyler get hurt in the COVID year? Yeah, go ahead, Beans. Sorry. Doesn't matter. Sorry. Fuck it. I don't want to be the negative fan. I want K-State to win. I always want them to win. I want them to win yes. every game. But logically You are speaking, doing what I wanted to do. But logically speaking here, I'm going to sound like a shitty fan when people read the show script and say, oh, Beast has him losing. No, it's because it's logic. Like, I don't want this to happen. I have K-State losing 21 to 17. Means, I lower your expectations. Prepare to be hurt. Beans. It's okay. It's fine. It's no, Beans, here. here's the thing. Is you and I have the same thought process. I just refuse. This is how, like, oh, no, did I get disconnected? No, you're good. You're good. No! Can you not hear us? Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought I got disconnected. (laughs) No, you're good. You you guys were white screen. Oh. Long story short, Sam wanted to say that. I don't respect Texas Tech at all because I'm an asshole. No. And we should be as good as Texas Tech, if not better. So I won't pick us to lose to Texas Tech. No, I get you. No, I get it. Means the the problem with Sam is you know that gif from the office with the like no question about it, I'm ready to be hurt again. Well, Sam just that. got to that point before you did. Like it's or you just yeah, you know what I mean there. So go yeah, take he's a, there take before a- I'm there. Like if we come out and lose to Tech, it will not surprise me one iota. It won't surprise me one bit. Speaking of teams that hurt me. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. Kansas City Chiefs played about as bad as you can play to only lose a game by about three points. Um, Pretty much, Chris Jones said some bad words to Matt Ryan at the end of the game. That pretty much led to the game-winning drive for the Indianapolis Colts. And then Patrick Mahomes threw a eh, – people want to call it an ill-advised pick. There really wasn't a whole lot going on that last drive, even if he, like, doesn't convert that. Um, regardless, like, it's a bad pick, but it's kind of whatever. I don't – Matt Amendola wasn't going to make that kick anyways. Um, but I think a lot of the things that led up to that are the bigger problems, you know. Muff punt at the five leads to a touchdown. Drop touchdown in the end zone by Travis Kelsey leads to – three points or maybe it was a missed field goal missed field goal fake field goal the missed extra points mute moot because we made a two-point conversion that's not really a big deal but it feels it feels like the Chiefs lost this one more than the Colts won it even though the Colts went out and won the game in the end so gentlemen it is a weird game to break down there's a lot of takeaways, but none at the same top time. So what are we thinking here, gentlemen? So 
this is the only thing I'm going to say on this game because I do think there's really – we haven't learned anything new, really. Um, I will just say this is the perfect game as an example of why it's important to look objectively at how your team is playing and, like, look past the wins and losses, the end results, and just look at it and say, like, are we a good team? Do we have flaws? Point those things out and understand, like, what we can do to make them better. What, like, is this fixable? Is this not? This was a broken offense against Mm -hmm. the Chargers. This has been, like, a subpar per the Chiefs, like, standard passing attack the whole season. We came on here against the Chargers, and, like, I love the win against the Chargers. Like, everything's good, but, like, at the same time, we're talking about this passing attack kind of scares me. We don't have weapons at wide receiver. We don't know how to use them. Like, there's there's a lot of underlying issues. All of them went bad in this game. All of them, like, broke our way, and, like, it was okay in the Chargers game. Most games are probably going to be somewhere in between, but, like, this game just, to me, really pointed out, like, this is why it is important. I don't just come on here to be like a pessimistic person and like talk about like everything is terrible. This is like what K-State needs to do to be better, blah, blah, blah. This is these type of games, this type of performance. You could see it coming if you just looked at it. Now mm. what actually matters from the coaching staff, from the Chiefs perspective is like, okay, apparently like the, we see these now because we've now lost and it's like staring at us in the face. What can we do to make this better? What can we do to improve? I think the big thing from this game, just in a general overlapping sense, before I let beans, who looks like a very sad puppy. If you're not watching on YouTube, oh, I'm going to go off here in a little bit. I know he's going to go off. So there's two things, two big things. One, this is not college. This is the NFL and the NFL is a man's league. And if you do not come prepared to play, you will lose every single time. The the gap between the worst team in the NFL and the best team in the NFL is like a slight upgrade in talent, like a tenth of a percentage point in talent and good coaching. Like that's it. Like that's, that's all it is realistically. So you got to always come prepared. You always got to be ready to play. And two, There's two ways to look at this, right? So for the Chiefs, for one, we're used to kind of getting bailed out due to talent, and you can play your C game, right? And you can kind of beat bad teams with your C game. We're seeing this year we're not that good. We can't just come out and play C game and beat teams, right? We're going to have to be game or better, right? You're going to win some games if you play a C game because they play a fucking F game. But – if you're coming into games and you think you can script by C games, which is what the Chiefs kind of like to do last couple of years, because, you know, Pat's going to bail them out because Tyreek's going to beat some dude deep and you're going to get a cheapy touchdown. Got to at least bring a B game if you want to win from now on from the Chiefs. But on a positive note, on a positive spin before I get into the beans, the Colts, while many might say that they didn't play very well, the Colts very hungry team needing a win and you almost beat a very hungry team needing a win playing a C to D game. Right. So you're still talented and you're still good, but it's not going to work playing your C game all year. Else you're going to go like nine and eight or something like that. 
If the Chiefs are playing B game or better the rest of the season, they'll win 10, 11 games and maybe even the division. Let's call spade a spade. Uh, Noted pod listener Jim Ursay heard that he was on our, you know, NFL clown show of the week. And he comes on and says, like, I don't want to be a clown. So he goes and wins the game. Like, it just makes sense. And with that, Beans, uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, Beans, you are the resident NFL expert. We talked a ton about K-State and you were just waiting in the weeds. So come get us. Come get KC. Tell us why we're idiots. This game sucked. Like, I sat here watching this whole game in silence because of how mismanaged everything was from beginning to end. As soon as I saw the muff punt, I knew it. I knew it. I texted you guys. and was like, there it is. There's the tone the rest of the fucking game. Yep. First off, number one, I'm not going to blame Matt Amendola. I'm not going to blame I him. would disagree nope. with that. No, nope, no, nope. I don't blame Matt Amendola. I blame the Chiefs for signing Matt Amendola, who is a 58% <laughs> kicker in the NFL. I don't blame the Matt Amendola. I blame the Chiefs for making that signing. They tried out five other kickers, and he was the better one. What does that tell you? Yes. I would like to say that if they just let Justin Reed kick, no one would have been mad. Thank you. Thank because you. Everyone would have been made- like, if Justin Reed misses kicks – that it's just like, okay, it's a safety. Like, this is over. Let's go sign an actual kicker. But now that we signed an actual kicker, it's just like, what the fuck is this? I would have I would have hunted Matt Amendola to the curb after the first PAT, but you know what? Him to the moon. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's fine. It, it, I'm not that, – that was number one. Number two, figure out who your play caller is. That is why – Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy were getting in that scruffle because they don't know who's calling plays. They don't know which one is who because one minute you see Andy Reid right here with his, you know, Waffle House script right in front of him. And then the next one, Eric Bieniemy has it. Who's calling plays here? Figure that out before the game, because if you're going to be jumping back and forth here, that is why there's going to be confusions. That is why you're not going to have a fourth. That is why you're going to have fourth down situations here where Patrick Mahomes like, let's go for it. And then Eric Bieniemy's is like, nah, let's not. Another thing. Why are you going for a fake field goal? Why are you going for a fake field goal here? Do you not, you have one of the best quarterbacks that, in the league on fourth and seven, and you don't trust Matt Amendola enough to kick a fourth down field goal here. What I, are you doing? I actually agree with that. I, that call was just fucking weird if i was the colts special teams or defensive coordinator and you asked them who would you rather see throw a pass here tommy townsend or patrick mahomes on fourth and seven who would they say tommy townsend (laughs) that did i believe i texted this i believe i called that call the most andy reed play call that andy reed has ever andy reeded yeah the the Chiefs would never get too cute, Beans, ever, with this coaching staff. Thank you. That was part five. Let's get the couple of steps there. Quit being cute, all right? We don't have the cuteness anymore of Tyreek Hill, all right? We have to be assignment sound in everything we do. We have to go back to our basics because we don't have those weapons anymore. Hold, hold on, Beans. That's where I'm going to stop you because as your friend – those expectations are not going to happen. Like, you're just setting yourself yeah, up to be you're hurt. setting yourself up for failure if you think we're yeah. going to stop being like, cute. I agree with the first no, 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 four, no, 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 but, no, like, no. we're going to be too cute. That's just going to happen. I know. We're always going to be cute. That's what's going to happen. But at least be smart with your cuteness. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had seven rushes for zero yards. Seven <laughs> rushes for zero yards. And he had 50% of the snaps. 
what are you doing? What's well, going Echo, on here? baby? I just heard Bean's Tinder bio in there. I'm I'm cute, but I'm smart with my cuteness. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say that this entire Chiefs game, it wasn't a disaster class. It, it wasn't on that level, but it was a master class in like, like you said, mismanagement. Yeah. The, everything like, from like the 49ers to game was a disaster class. By both and then teams. the, and the, the crazy part is when the chiefs got the ball there on the fourth down. And I knew this happened last year after the 13 seconds. Like I'm like, okay, we've got Patrick Mahomes got the ball with 20 seconds left. We got three timeouts left. Three this timeouts. is in the, huh? I said, and three timeouts. Yes, I was like, we've got this in the bag. Like, he's yeah. he's done this and before. 20 what, seconds, that's nothing. What I don't it, understand about that drive, too, is I don't understand why Travis Kelsey didn't just run to where the defense wasn't like he did against Buffalo. That's the most confusing thing. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, too, is, like, watching that throw is, like, you knew Juju was supposed to be somewhere that he wasn't, and it's because they haven't practiced the defense this enough. Was there. Because the defense was there. They haven't practiced this enough to where they're on that wavelength. Oh, fuck. And it's going to be frustrating for such a long time. And I wa- Lauren and I watch the games together every Sunday and or whenever they play. And I usually yell and scream and I cuss out there. I call their parents out. Like, I, I'm cursing their parents out because I am just that energetic. How dare they foster a child who's exactly. me over. I am that dude watching Tyron Matthew play last year and Daniel Sorensen was a brain aneurysm because Tyron Matthew wanted to make business decisions and wouldn't tackle and Daniel Sorensen was washed up and couldn't make any plays. I was yelling. Wait, 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 wait. Daniel Sorensen was never washed up. He was always bad. That's yes. Okay. Anyways, I was watching TV, watching the games last year, yelling and screaming. And I, you know, for the first couple of games, yelling and screaming Sunday, I watched it in silence because I was pissed. I was Dude, Paul that's the, that. that's worse. Like, yes. as someone who has been a child before, when your parents or parent, in my case, is like yelling at you, you like know, like you know how angry they are. Yeah, because they're yelling at you. When but they're, they're saying quiet? nothing, when they're you, quiet and you know they're angry, that is like the true anger. Like it's it's the I can't show this anger because TSA will get called on me anger. Gavin, you have your well, hand raised. So, Beans, with you, and this is just to give you a break, uh, with you talking about, like, the unprepared or the just, like, lack of who has control on offense, like, I, I bring up the Travis Kelsey in the playoffs thing as not even really a joke, but, like, we've seen this with our offense to where, like, like it's a joke because that is not a consistent and dependable way of playing football when you tell your quarterback – I'm going to run to space. Oh, okay. Do it. Do it, dude. That is not how I think that a NFL offense usually acts. We've seen this before where we just like everything just gets too cute. The um, Bengals game where we get the complete opposite of this. If you remember the play before half where we just don't get points because we just like ab lib and just kind of do some random bullshit and nobody knows what's going on. We've seen this. We need to correct it with this coaching staff. I know that you're pissed. I know. Like, my my point is, like, this stuff. Why are we getting cute with deep shots? The Colts aren't good with the underneath routes that we ran. We we don't have a deep threat receiver. MVS sucks, dude. Dude, yeah. We literally. 
We were beating that drum for forever. Yeah, we literally like invested on one of the like best short and intermediate like receivers in the draft, and then use him as a deep threat because we're so bad at our fucking deep threats that we have on this roster. I mean, I'm 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 not gonna be a fan here where I'm fair weather and like you know I'm pissed. I'm just I'm just emotional, okay? It's all right. We're being emotional. No, we're gonna be fine. It's just I wish they would have came into this game a little more prepared. You had a lot. Essentially, almost a bye week. You had from Thursday of last yeah. week to this that's Sunday. You had that is you, true. I you had a long break here to lose this game by three points. And like that's what the thing is, Andy. Heck? Like usually, Andy's like um, Andy's one of the best bye week coaches ever. And this is so, basically a bye week. And I get it. Like sometimes when you have that Thursday game and then a Sunday game, like you give them a couple extra days of rest. So. I do want to talk about because you brought up something important with like we've seen this butting heads maybe a couple times between the enemy Mahomes and Andy Reid like a couple times now we had the stuff this offseason that probably like shouldn't have just been swept under the rug like it was. Well, we also had LaShawn McCoy's Instagram post after mm-hmm. the game, too. And, yeah, basically yeah. Just saying um, the enemy's a fucking idiot. Well, my yeah, thing I is guess, the enemy is coaching. McCoy is not. That's where well, I'm at with that. I guess but. that's my point of this. Like, I don't know who to shift blame at, but the point is, like, regardless, the current relationship that we have is not healthy, not like consistently healthy. However, you want to look at that. Like, and I uh, get it. Like, you're gonna have scruffles like that where like coaches are yelling at each not other consistently you, not consistently like if you go to the locker room during halftime there's a lot of fu's flying the, around if you're down like it happens the, the only consistently unhealthy relationship that happens and is okay is between tom brady and tablets like anything else in the nfl like is not okay in terms of like a healthy relationship going to win but yeah if we it, brought it, the it, enemy out, if we brought the enemy out for one more year just to Try to get him a job, and we're still having these budding head issues. Right. We need to circle the problem at some point. Uh, my thing with it is, is like, I've been in a high school locker room, and like that's not that's not even close. No. To the same as an NFL locker room. Baines has been in like a college locker room, and that's still probably not even close to what an NFL locker room is like. It's closer than a high school locker room, but still, and. I think the thing is, but the common theme with all those are, is you air out your laundry in the locker room, usually, right? Like, having the tiff that you had in the AFC title game, and then the tiff that you had last week, like, again, right? that's bad optics. Yeah. And all games were close. If we're gonna if we're gonna fold like a folding chair and close games like this when we're down, I I wouldn't necessarily say we folded in a folding chair. I'd just say like I mean you're not gonna get the ball back with 20 seconds to go and rely on hitting three big plays to get into field goal range with a shitty kicker and win the game. Like that's just not gonna work every time. We've been that's very spoiled. We've been very spoiled as Chiefs fans to see the amount of times like it's it's a joke because you have Patrick Mahomes and it's like been incredible and great. But like we've seen Patrick Mahomes in game winning situations and not go down the field and win, too. But nobody remembers or cares those because they aren't as fun to remember. All I've got to say is Josh Allen had the same opportunity on Sunday and 
didn't do it. So facts. All <laughs> right, we need a score prediction. Beans, you are the most emotional about us. We're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, oh it's God. goat versus baby goat, or whatever the kids say this day, with a game that's going to be extremely wet in Tampa Bay due to the hurricane, or completely domed in Minnesota if it gets moved. So you know. You're flipping a coin on what the weather is going to be like yeah. in that game. So go ahead, Beans. Try and pick the score of a game based off of incomplete information on where the game will actually be. Two so, and a half tablets. I am. <laughs> what if there's a betting line for that? There might be. There is somewhere. Trust me. So if it's in Minnesota, I'm going to say it's in Minnesota. This hurricane's coming in. It's coming in fast and furious. Um, per sources. It, per sources. Her, for sure. It's her hurricane. It's going rain. Hurricane bad. Anyways, if I think it's in Minnesota, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. I think it's going to be a bounce back game, and it's in the dome. Patrick Mahomes does really good in a dome, and I don't know what Tom Brady's stats are or whatever, but I think this it's is in the Minnesota game. where he's won a Super Bowl and where his mother is from. Oh, well, there's the there's the narrative right there. Um, anyways, I have the Chiefs winning this one. I think this bounce back game is going to I think Re- Andy Reid's locked himself in a room and has scripted everything from beginning to end. And it's going to go well. And me as a fan, I want the Chiefs to win this game because I can't go through another podcast like this. So I'm going to go with the win 34 to 27. Even though the Bucks are so goddamn good. good they're yeah. good. They're good. But they're like not great if they have mike evans they're good if they don't have mike evans they're just a little less than good this feels like a game where neither team is gonna play to their ceilings because the bucks are hurt and everything the chiefs are young and all that but like it's still gonna get blown up as like like patrick mahomes and tom brady are not gonna just go into this thing and have a shootout like everything's gonna be cool like people want it's gonna get blown up like that regardless um, I see this as like a 23-24 ball game. This and could be like an easily 7-14 to 14 game too. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, honest to God, I, I think Tampa's defense is good, yeah. which is a problem for a Chiefs offense that's struggling. And I think Tampa's offense is bad because Tom Brady is apparently going through a divorce. And so, you know, I think that the Bucs yeah, will slightly edge out this game if it's in Tampa. If it's in Minnesota, then yeah, I don't fucking know. But I'm going to just pretend that it's a rainy game in Tampa Bay, and that favors a team that's a little more ground and pound, a little bit more Tampa Bay style. We, I think this is more like a 17-14 to 14 game. There's a chance we could get boat raced if this thing's in Tampa. I don't think we'll get boat raced because I don't think Tampa's offense is good enough. If Chris Godwin and Julio Jones aren't going to play or are going to play hurt, I think it looks a lot like I think it looks a lot like a Chargers the Chargers game where you kind of have Mike Evans is souped up Mike Williams and but Brady's just not playing very well right now. Yeah, yeah, that's so, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I mean, Brady is in prime time and he ends up dropping a deuce on us. Um, I what, don't know. What was your score, Gavin? Uh, like seventeen to fourteen. Like I don't think it's gonna be a very high scoring game. No, Gavin's. I said twenty three twenty four. Chiefs losing? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that's a score that goes literally either way. So that's just us missing a PAT. And... <laughs> All right, gentlemen. It's time to show me the money. 
It's time for bets. We're ready. We're ready to be hurt again. We're ready to lose ten more dollary dues beans. God, I gotta send you that too. Yeah, I know you gotta send me that, big dog. We are the worst Ooh. betting of okay. all time. We can't False. do it. We're bad. So I'm gonna start us off with one that I like. I have it in a lot of parlays, so you know that's not gonna hit. I do want the Chiefs missing a field goal. I am taking Wake Forest plus seven against Florida State. Okay. Hmm. Whoa. That's out there. Actually, Whoa. screw it. Wake Forest money line, brah. Nah, I'll just do plus seven. I'm trying to actually win this week. So uh, I know what my bet's going to be. Um, Michael Pittman's receiving line for this week is at 65 and a half yards against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Um, he seemed to be fully recovered from his quad injury. There's no reason he shouldn't be hitting that this week. He should absolutely go over 65 and a half yards. All right. He might not be available, but I'm tired of not allowing us to do that stuff. So I'll just make the bet when it happens. Yeah, he's, he's going over 70, so it shouldn't go up that far by the time. Let me see if his prop is up. I'm sure it's not because reasons. If I'm, seeing, if I'm seeing this right, oh, my gosh, if this is true, I'm going for it. I, I see Bengals minus four. Who's Bengals playing? Oh, wait, that's a Thursday night Dolphins. Game. Yeah, oh, Cincinnati yeah, Bengals minus, minus four. four. Well, Dolphins are going to win that game. Yeah. Dolphins are pretty banged up, by the way. I guess Tua is uh, concussed. Xavier Howard is like. Is he officially out? No, No, no. I got a big, big long uh, message. My leg. All the Dolphins that were like hurt at one point. I don't remember. Oh, Tua is. Tua, Jalen Waddell, Xavier Howard, and Taryn Armstead are all officially listed as questionable for Thursday's game. Are we talking like Pete Carroll questionable or like? So are are you are you hitting the plus four beans or are you hitting the money line? What do you think? What is what's the best go, case scenario? Here? Money line. I want to go with the Dolphins here. Like if Tua plays, Dol- Dolphins yeah. outright. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm Skyler, Skyler, bro. Oh, Sky! I'm I'm game for it. Fuck it. Why not? Right, dude. Skyler beats Joe Burrow. That would be electric, except it would be Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, Gavin, I will add. Okay, so we need a we need a backup bet just in case MGM is lame and doesn't let us fucking do what we want to do. Um. Okay. So just pick like a college or pro game or whatever. That's uh. Well, player props are easy. I'm best at it. Um. Game props. Game props, whatever. Um, no, they don't have player props. They don't have player props because reasons. Yeah, I'll. Um, I'm. I'm just gonna like go with that, Sam. It could go up five yards, and I'd still take it. So. Okay. Well, no, I'm just saying if our Thursday night, like bet, like if they don't have player props out by tomorrow, then like we either need to change our dolphins bet or our uh, Oh, I see what you're saying. Actually, okay. Bean, you're the you're the one who fucking uh picked the Thursday game. So, you got to come up, come up with a backup bet if we can't have the player props. No, we're going for it. Shove that down your esophagus. <laughs> that oh, that's Beans' uh safe word. Safe word. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I'll get that bet out once I have an idea. Um, Regardless, we just gave people three separate bets that they can win. So. Because <laughs> no yeah. one will look. Well, Beans, I know your phone is about to die, and that is thought-provoking. So there you go. You have a hot take for us. Oh, I have a good thought-provoking moment. Then Did you see the one I, write, I wrote in there, too? So if 30... Okay. If 32 degrees Fahrenheit is zero degrees Celsius... I don't like where this is going. Does that mean zero degrees Celsius plus zero degrees Celsius equals 64 degrees Fahrenheit? Beans, do you know how formulas work? <laughs> this, I mean, this is like algebra. Are you going like, to look at me and tell me that I'm wrong? Yes. I'm this here is to tell below you your baseline, Beans. <laughs> I, I'm here to tell you that, yes, that's not how formulas work. And no, that would be like 2-0, if that makes sense. I, uh, I, I don't know. Whatever. No. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yep. I you, you replace you replace zero with X. Or you made you basically made X equal to zero and then added X to X to like justify whatever. But it, the second X could be anything. It could be anything. It's X. Um I don't uh want to take Bean's thought provoking moment thunder, but when we were talking about hurricanes earlier, it did bring up this question to me. Um when we were would we view hurricanes differently if they were squares? What do you mean? <laughs> like, mean, not circles. Makes more sense. No, like, like, hurricanes are circles. Like, objectively, yeah. a hurricane is a circle. If a hurricane was a fucking square, like, moving on the radar and everything, would we view them differently? Like, yes, we view them no, as a square, I would think, like, wow, that's square. I, that's going to really do some yeah, damage. No, like, I think that we wouldn't respect hurricanes as much if they were squares, is what I'm saying. I'm moving no. this on. As you're God saying, damn it. We're, we're leaving this topic. Both of those were very interesting. Chew on them at your leisure. Um, I'm not going to sleep tonight now. If yeah, they were what's square? your hot take? My what's hot take? Um, I, this, I make this one quick. I'm just glad that we figured out that uh, Joe Brady really was the problem in the Carolina offense. I'm glad that we got rid of him. And now he's at Buffalo, an offense that's obviously not working and, like, just not humming whatsoever. I'm glad that we saw that, like, terrible organizations are making good decisions, as always. So I just wanted to point that out there. And actually, uh, throwback to our first podcast where I defended Joe Brady, who then w- went to the Buffalo Bills, who are now uh, doing great. Good. Yep. And Carolina is not. So... Hey, that's, that's my guy. That's right. right. Don't, don't talk yep. too even, much. Even Christian McCaffrey can't get bailed out of the shittiness. Uh, my hot take is dual. One, OBJ said we should play on grass fields because that's why Sterling Shepard tore his ACL because turf. Um, don't know about that. I'm not a doctor, but we should be playing on grass because he would grass tear his ACL sleeping in bed. That's very true. My <laughs> second, my this is a hot take disguised as a uh, thought provoking moment. I had a burger this last Friday, and it had a jalapeno jelly spread, a habanero aioli, and ghost pepper cheese, and it was hot as fuck, but delicious. Where was that at? It was called, I think it was called the Pennant in Topeka, or the Peanut, I can't remember. I think it's called the Pennant. It was good. It was, like, too hot. 
It was a little bit too hot. If it was like slightly less hot, it would have been very enjoyable. But is I it by like the stopped. campus? Probably. I don't know. No. It's like on a road Washington. that's like bricked, so like it's nice and gentrified and everything. Oh, well, you might be. Is that by Washburn? I don't know. Probably. Anyways. Anyways, that burger was good and it was hot. Um, would try again. Definitely have water on tap. <laughs> their fries rust. Here's how I knew the burger was really hot. I like ate a fry and it was hot, and like I didn't taste the fry. I just tasted the heat because the fry was hot, and it was like, ooh, this is not great. <laughs> Beans, what's your hot take? We've lost um, Kevin. I don't have one. I thought I'd have one by now, but I don't. Uh, zero degrees Celsius plus zero degrees Celsius should equal 64 degrees Fahrenheit, and I am here to stand on that hill. And on that note, we're done here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, well, we're not done. Gavin Gavin drew the state of Florida. Dude, you can't tell me that's Florida. That's not Florida, man. That's pretty close to Florida. Dude, not from this angle. Gavin, Gavin is muted Gavin, himself. Gavin, you're on mute. He's trying to argue that a square hurricane is not as cool. He did not draw a square hurricane, though. He drew a rectangular that's hurricane. That's not even Florida. Florida doesn't bend that way. What do you mean Florida doesn't no, bend that way? Because the fucking camera's backwards, okay? I can't, you know, like, <laughs> like sorry, you're looking in a mirror. Like, watch the episode. You didn't like, even draw mirror. the keys. You idiot. But, Cuba's right there, too. You didn't draw Cuba. You didn't draw Puerto Rico. You didn't draw... Nobody video. cares about those states. They're just going to lose their tents and make new They're ones. not states. They're, speci- they're three countries in a territory. Whatever. They're like tent villages are gone. Then there will be new tent villages. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're going to send Gavin to sensitivity training after that one. We want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Um, Beans' phone loves to die on us really early, so we're going to skip last word. But the only words that you need to know is that we love you and respect you for listening. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more content or to be alerted to more content, please follow us on Twitter at underscore, underscore F3S. That's underscore, underscore F3S. That's capital F, capital S. Beans is continuing to laugh at Gavin's rectangular hurricane. And I think that is the perfect time to say goodbye. God bless. Fuck Bosco boys. Thanks for listening.